You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, independents get in bed together, podcasting celebrated in print, Bobby Lee sues Wondery, podcasting gets Fergalicious, and the Independent Podcast Awards UK launch. G'day, Stocks, and welcome back to another week. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. That's great to hear. It's been a pretty big week. Lots of lots of things happening. Maybe outside of the podcast world, a little bit. There's a there's a few new drops coming from your DM uh, agency. Yeah, yeah, a bit on. And we've seen some nice little uh, trailers for some show releases coming up. It's yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah, we've got a Batuta show out in Paramount Plus on June 14. Excited about that. We've been working on it for 12 months, probably nine months, maybe really earnestly. And big thanks to the whole team involved. Um, amazing to see it come to life. So, so the natural question is, will there be a recap podcast to support this show? If someone wants to do it, <laughs> contact me. Yep. And interesting working with the network because, I mean, we control our lives, right? Right. We publish Batuta when we want to publish articles. We yep. put podcasts out when we want to. And we're at the mercy of a network here. We're running it to a bit more of a schedule. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't know this, sh- this was all happening. We got the dates. 10 days ago yeah. we've had to plan a launch event yeah, we don't amazing. have control of the launch said launch event like it's all a bit interesting to see your brand but going oh we're not actually in control of this because someone else paid for the yeah. show <laughs> uh, and which episode are we going with first etc so it's all worked out but it's it's yeah. a new, different world for us yeah, where totally. we're used to being captain of the ship and definitely not the captain on this so oh, well look hopefully it goes well and having looked at the trailer I think I'm pretty excited personally about it so yeah yes yes creatively look we're thrilled with yeah. what's happened so just I, all the things I just said are just me having to grapple with actually having an overlord. <laughs> uh, but creatively, we've got exactly what we wanted. So we're thrilled and can't wait for everyone to see it. Awesome. We'll keep an eye out for that, everyone. Um, but look, narrowing into the world of podcasting, it has been a bit of a slow week, but there are a few things out there for sure. There's a few reports, one specifically coming through from uh, Bloomberg, actually, from Ashley Carmen talking about the new era of podcast mergers. Um, so, you know, podcast mergers and acquisitions were big stories, obviously, over the past couple of years as companies like uh, Spotify really tried to sort of push into the podcasting space and own it. They went on this big spending frenzy, if you Yeah, will. and as some of it, we've talked a lot about them buying shows and formats and things like that but they've also done a lot of technology acquisitions something like anchor which has now become spotify for podcasters mm. they bought anchor for various reasons they bought it so it's basically a tech hosting platform but aimed at the i guess at the startup podcaster more than anything and then yep. having some video aspects they bought megaphone which is like big industrial podcasting um if you're running a big network you go on megaphone and they bought a whole bunch of different um, I guess metrics acquisition companies. ACAS has been doing a similar thing. Everyone's kind of been buying bits of, I guess, smaller companies that they think fit into their puzzle to become a complete podcasting beast. Yeah, Amazon and Sirius XM also like you know big big names t- trying to target big names. Really was the strategy there. Get them in, get them on exclusive deals, and and you know hopefully that brings the audiences over to your platform and they stay there. Yeah, and you've got like New York Times has got NPR. Um, Wondery going to Amazon, Gimlet going to Spotify. You buy these big production houses, you get all of their IP. You also kind of get their 
brand reputation of what a Wondery podcast is yeah, or what a Gimlet right. podcast is, and you get all that back catalogue. Well, it seems like those kind of big deals are maybe a thing of the past or just, you know, on, on hold for the moment. I think, you know, we've talked ad nauseum about uh, these big companies tightening the purse strings a little bit and maybe just holding back on that sort of a strategy of, of big, you know, loud show players. You know, money isn't as cheap as it was a few years ago, last year even. Mm. But what we're now seeing is a bit of a trend of independent podcasters consolidating and finding support within, within the sort of independent network and strengthening their overall offering as well. Yeah, and I think this is happening here as well. We've had conversations with other independent media publishers just about, hey, we should get together and do some stuff. Um, whether it's working together on something or whether it's, hey, we've got this show, you've got that show. Yeah. Could we cross-promote? Could yeah. we do something together? We've had a lot of those conversations lately with big, bigger publishers in Australia, and I think that's the way it's going. People are starting to say, hey, look, collectively we can actually do some stuff. Mm. And it will work and it will help. And I think people will start coming together as well, maybe on a more of a actual structural level. It's interesting what you're saying is there'll probably be less of those uh, big splashy buys, like a big company trying to overpay for something That's like right. that. That's right. Let's say Gimlet. $100 million for... Yeah, for, or pick up the ringer, pick up Gimlet, whatever it may be. I feel like there might be another wave coming of distressed asset purchase of mm-hmm. like, hey, these guys are about to hit the wall. Yeah, We've seen them cut half their staff, we've seen this happen, we've seen that happen. Hey, why don't you, um, I might just jump in and get this cheap because you're about to fold. And I think that there might be a few of those coming up, maybe more in the US than anywhere else where someone's gone too far and suddenly you have this opportunity to pick up a company. Yeah, and some of these uh, companies that have gone a bit too far and and, you know perhaps are about to hit that wall, they still have this name recognition that comes with it. And and that sort of, you know, the the inverted commas brand that is around that is quite valuable in and of itself, but it's the structure behind and, you know, the, the... the expense and the cost of keeping those things afloat, which is being worked through, and, and you know people are coming up against some difficulties. But if you can buy that IP, that's that's you know a really interesting proposition for a lot of people to sort of strengthen you know the credibility of their organisation. But look, a couple of the uh, the mergers that were cited here, these are American focus, obviously, but Orderly, is, which is a relatively new production company. What they do is uh, branded shows, so they're really kind of in that you know heavily branded uh, partner pieces with with you know big companies. So they bought Rococo Punch, which is an independent studio. Um, they release shows like Welcome to Provincetown and Finding Raffies. So those got a bit of notoriety a little while back. So interesting that they've been part of that kind of you know banding together. Another one we have Live One, who owns Podcast One. They acquired Cast Media. So a couple bigger names shows here as well with bigger uh, hosts, the Sarah Silverman podcast and Whitney Cummings, um, mm. Good For You. So two really prominent comedians out there. Um, those those shows probably have quite large numbers. So Yeah, the Sarah Silverman podcast is particularly large and very successful. Yeah. And, and a good giggle. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you're into that. And I think the the sort of important thing to note here as well is you know, they're releasing regular shows and I think that's kind of – what this is getting at a little bit. They're moving away from these shorter release uh, specialty shows. The, the limited what, series. The limited series, that's right. And trying to get something that's a bit more consistent so brands can have that you know equity over time and, and really kind of build along rather than just having like a one-off that it might get a, a bit of notoriety and buzz at the time, but maybe then it, it sort of you know goes to the wayside and isn't discovered anymore. But yeah, we'll see how this goes. I think we'll, we'll see a lot of action between these smaller companies, smaller independent companies. Kids, if you're listening at home and you're thinking of starting a podcast, make sure it's one that you can do every week. Absolutely. <laughs> it's interesting. I spoke to a few people who went to the all the podcast events that were in London uh, last week and the big t- sort of, what's the big takeaway, guys? And the big takeaway was... Hey, oh, everything's moving towards narrative. I was like, yeah. 
okay, that's that's a lovely thing. Yeah. A, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? Things like daily news space is just too crowded. So uh-huh. if you've got a daily news, you're in that squid space, you got it in the right time, but now everyone's coming for you. Yeah. And there's just so much noise in the daily news summary space, e.g. New York Times headline podcast that we talked about last week, which I listened to. And it's for the, for my opinion, for the New York Times, it's it's mediocre fair. Right. Um, but there's such a crowded space. So it's like, oh, no, longer narrative news telling. Okay, cool. And then the other is it's you know narrative expanding stories. It's going. This is great, but this is not the time. There's a I lot th- of investment that goes with that as well. I mean, that's correct you know, to get really the behind the scenes of the behind the scenes, and even like the you know if you're talking sort of a half an hour podcast, like the Guardian, it's a really you know large organization. They release a half an hour podcast every day. It's really really well researched, really well presented, done by sort of different people each time. Like they must just have a continuous uh, rotation of people who mm. are working on these things to make sure that they're able to release something every day. It's not something that you can just start up and try and kind of come out with. It's correct. I mean, the, 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 if the Daily of New York Times is the, is the gold standard, that is an incredible piece of podcast. Yeah. And then to say that narrative podcasting outside of news is the way to go. Sure, I love it. I want yeah. to hear it, but I don't know if that's where the industry should be going right now in these times. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, look. Watch this space. One way that you can watch this space is we've read an article which was quite interesting. Um, this has popped up on The Verge. But it's an interview with uh, the founders of a, of a new uh, podcast-related magazine that's coming out called Good Tape. Basically, what they're doing here is it's a new biannual print magazine that's aiming to tell the untold stories within the podcast industry, this uh, reports. So it's called Good Tape? Good Tape. Like as in cassette? Yeah, I think they just thought it was a good name. So tell me more about Good Tape. So what they really want to do is have a place where they can feature really good journalism around the podcasting industry and and talk about some of these shows which are really great at the craft about the storytelling all these kind of things oh like, Jules give them a bit of highlight should like, we just should we just submit our transcripts well look we might have to you know once we submit we might have to wait a while for it to be released because it is only coming out twice a year so oh, shit. it's going to be well, anything you know, we say is good for about eight seconds exactly like it's so, not even good for, <laughs> by the time you hear this this is out of date that's right yeah. so these guys are really hoping that what they're putting in there is going to maintain some level of relevance for at least you know six months so good luck there but so what well, this is like the almanac of podcasting pretty much pretty much good um, on them good on them one thing i did think was was interesting was um you know they said why not make this a podcast why not make this a you know a, a newsletter which you know was the question that i was thinking as i was reading through this but i found this just interesting there their answer was basically like dan cardiel who's the founder of this uh good tape magazine has basically just said look with the amount of podcasts that are out there and and digital interaction that's right he just thinks it's going to be too hard for something like this to actually break through which is a really interesting kind of you know strategic angle when you're saying like we want to talk all about the podcasting and the podcasting space and celebrate it yet we're aware of the difficulties of actually breaking through with something like this so we're going to put all our eggs in this biannual you know magazine that we release so i love this truthfully print is a differentiator for us we don't think good tape could break through as a newsletter or podcast yeah all right. When's the last time you bought a magazine? I don't know, mate. It's been quite a while. Oh, oh man. I think the last time I read one was probably in the doctor's office as you sit there and look through something which was probably, you know, released before podcasts were. My God. Yeah. All right. Look, hey, when everyone zigs, you zag. He yeah, could be right. seeing a future and ahead of the curve and not following trends. Good on him. What they're hoping for is they say by publishing twice a year, Good Tape becomes more than a news source. It's a limited edition object to covet. 
Look, I'm skeptical. I think that's fairly clear, but good luck to him. Yeah. Um, it feels like a coffee table book about coffee tables <laughs> that went wrong. Yeah. Like, geez. And the story brought to you by the podcasters who do a podcast about <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> Save the trees, brother. <laughs> Bit of controversy in podcasting land. Comedian Bobby Lee is suing Wondery over his cancelled Tiger Belly podcast contract. Bit of goss here. Big goss. Salaciousness. Yeah. We're a real industry, mate. So the complaint alleges that Amazon-owned podcast company Wondery cancelled the contract with Bobby Lee. It still had 39 months to go. So Bobby Lee's got a bunch of podcasts, right? Yeah, so Bobby Lee, originally a comedian, he was on shows like Mad TV. He's been on you know a bunch of, of movies and things. He was on Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. He's been on, you know, he's been on everything. Sex in the City, even stuff. Yeah, it's really he's really been out there. So but what has happened in the sort of, you know, post Marin world is Stand-up comedians over in America, every single one of them has a podcast. It's this own sort of, you know, uh, circuit that they've created and they all go around on each other's podcasts. Yeah, a big cabal of comedians. On, exactly. And it's all on YouTube and it's all yeah, big on YouTube. They've all got sort of, you know, small studio spaces. Um, they're all pretty savvy. You know, they make great content. They're all, you know, stand-up comedians, obviously, so they've got plenty of jokes. They are quite raw a lot of the time. And I think this is what's got Bobby Lee in a bit of trouble here. He's got a couple of shows. He's got Tiger Belly, which is the aforementioned show. Yeah, so that's what he co-hosts with Kayla Kun. Yeah, so that was a girlfriend of his. Oh, like an ex. Well, they were together for quite a while, and this was a big story in and of itself because she is just gorgeous, and a lot of people just every and time. And Bobby Lee's no no um no smoke show himself. Not, not a smoke show. No, you know, he's got the inner beauty. I'd say he's got inner beauty and uh, the um you know the jokes get the girls. That's it. It's very funny. So one of the kind of constant topics of conversation was how did he land her and all that sort of thing. So, you know, they eventually broke up and da-da-da. But, look, they do cover off a lot of controversial things on on this show and and he certainly has had a very coloured past. Yeah, yeah. Addicted to drugs, all these sorts of stories that you're so familiar with hearing. So Wondery said they were under pressure to cut expenses and roll back its financial commitments. So in in anticipation of the podcast market slowdown in 2023, these guys are owned by Amazon, just to clarify, um, they decided to terminate his 39-month deal with Tiger Belly in early April. So there's 39 months to go on this. Yeah. It's like, okay, you're gone. Bye, guy. Yeah. Apparently, in the termination notice sent to Tiger Belly, Wondery also alleged it cited a morals clause and pointed to a 2013, so that's 10 years ago, a story yep. that Lee told and later said he made up for shock value. And you heard this. So he was talking about paying for a young-looking sex worker, I think the reference was Natalie Portman in The Professional, yeah. uh, who had tears in her eyes in Tijuana while as a guest on another podcast. Yeah, so pretty, pretty, pretty grim cool. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's this kind of fine balance about, you know, riffing on something in, in comedy and in, you know, a nightclub space or something like that that might get a bit of shock, but, you know, those sorts of things are done for shock value and they're, and they're left kind of in that environment. Yes. In this world, things stick around. Yeah, well, okay, so a couple of things. So in the episode, Lee said he felt terrible, like in the episode when he said this thing, he said he felt terrible and explained that he made up the story by combining two bits he'd used on tour about going to a date with a girl who looked like a 12-year-old Natalie Portman from The Professional and then another about speeding up having sex with a girlfriend who started crying about her deceased grandmother. So he's combining the two. This is 2013 as well. Yeah. So, I mean... Bit of a different sort of landscape. Well, was chatting to someone the other day going, mate, the times have shifted. Like, yeah. You're gone. But then there's this whole thing about judging people for what they said in a different era and saying, well, that was said then, it's said now. Can you 
judge people. Yeah, that's right. Should be going back and litigating people's you know back catalogue of off the cuff comments. Anyway, Tiger Belly's complaint alleges that the company never agreed to a morals clause in the contract with Wondery and noted that Wondery would have known about the Tijuana story prior to striking a deal for the podcast, which does seem like a fair Totally. A big company like that should be doing its due diligence and there's no doubt they can see some of the highly shared content that has been created on those shows and they'd be well aware of those things that were said. Yeah, so I mean, is it the slowdown if that, that's, you know, or is it the morals clause? Like, I don't yeah, know. It feels yeah. like a bit of both, but neither. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a good little thing that they can cite as a reason, but there's probably a whole bunch of other reasons behind that that they're really kind of basing this decision on. The one thing I'll say about Bobby Lee is he probably won't go quietly. No, and that's not his only platform, so there'll definitely be more to come on this. <laughs> so let's stay on the, on the salacious stuff. Fergie has a podcast. Fergie of Black Eyed Peas fame's? Unfortunately, no. No, okay. No. I mean, what the original would, Fergie. Yeah, what would you call that? You'd call it glamorous? Yeah. Oh, I would I would dine in on that. <laughs> I, I would love a Fergie podcast. No, no, the podcast is called Tea Talk with the Duchess and Sarah. Okay. So it is uh, Sarah Ferguson, the former Duchess of York. So the Duchess's much hype podcast has been mysteriously delayed. So on May 15th, put out an IG post saying, podcast coming this week. They've since updated the post, and it says, now coming soon. Did the palace put the kibosh on this one? Well, yeah, I mean, look, they do tend to try and squash some stories or some voices, but others are allowed to go free and speak at will. So I think, you know, there's obviously a very, very well-established, hardcore media team around the palace. So anything like this, even to get... You know, started in the first place. A few people would have had some words about this thing. Yeah, yeah. It's particularly, I mean, the uh, who else is on a podcast? Prince William has been on the Peter Crouch podcast, yes. which was sensational. <laughs> so, so that's a positive podcast. I guess the the Crown may look unfavorably on Prince Harry and Meghan's podcast. Yeah, I'm yeah. just throwing it out there. Yeah, look, interesting. I don't know who wants to hear from Fergie, but look, here's the pitch for the show: with a cup of tea in hand each week, you'll hear about this week's hot topics. As the hosts share their thoughts and perspectives on everyday issues, the duo will be joined by special guests and share personal insights to listeners' dilemmas. Interesting. Uh, basically, if this show ever happens, uh, Fergie will be joined by co-host and friend Sarah Jane Thompson. She's an entrepreneur and founder of First News, a news organization aimed at children. So, look, she's in good hands. Yeah. She's got a good friend. She's got someone who's an experienced podcaster. Will it ever see the light of day? Don't know. Kind of logging on to don'tcare.com about that one. But, like, <laughs> you know, let's see. Look, I think two reasons why it's been a quiet-ish week in podcasting news was the aforementioned big events in the UK and everyone recovering from that. Mm -hmm. And then also it's uh, start of summer in the US. It's Memorial Day, long weekend this week. Uh, everyone who's at school, university, everything's wrapped up. A lot of people going off grid. So I think this is a bit of a sort of exhale by the US as well. Things yeah. will pick up a bit next week. But... Final story, uh, Why Now and Verbal Diorama have launched independent podcast awards. So this will take place in London later this year. What the hell is an independent podcast? Well, according to these guys, it's not funded by a publisher, big brand or similar, and the awards are hoping to seek out and celebrate homegrown talent that is serving their audience and its needs. What do you reckon? I think it's great. I mean, look, as these kind of uh, awards shows or... Proliferate. Yeah, that's right. And we just get that kind of... It's, it's about recognizing, you know, good work in the industry and, and it's platforming all of this. So I think the more of these established kind of um, events and, and institutions and things like this come about, I think it's it's overall 
just a better place as it as it you know formally establishes podcasting as a as a proper medium and again raises some um, awareness about it gains interest from advertisers general industry i think this is this is all good sort of stuff what is the unifying voice is there going to be something like that which kind of i don't know like you've got something in the uk something in australia something in america it shines out all of these but they're all under the one branch or do they just all operate kind of independently i can't see how it's going to get consolidated yeah um i'm looking if podcasting's all about niches then yep. why not have a niche podcast award? Sure. Go for it, guys. So M. McGowan, who's the creator and host of Verbal Diorama, said independent podcasts are the cornerstone of podcasting. That's spot on. And she also said, these are the people with regular jobs, families, and other commitments who endeavor to put out the quality podcast content regularly, often from spare bedrooms, garages, or the dining room table. That's right. They're yeah. doing it for us. It's what the people want. Give the people some recognition. So look, there's 18 categories, including the classics, true crime, sport, music, film, and TV, and the podcast of the year. Go, you guys. All right, let's get out of here. Nice one. Thanks again, Mandy. Thanks again, Ruby. And if you want to get in contact and recommend anything or ask any questions or give us thoughts for shows in the future, just hit us up on Instagram at behind underscore the underscore podcast. Yoo!